King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the Brother Miles as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people. You can jail the bodies of black people. But you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite. Thus, Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather. But when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book, they say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles, will be free at last. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, the place where black history, hip-hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself. Last week, in Season 2, Episode 16 of this podcast, we discussed black economic empowerment and a home for sale in America for $1 that you can buy. And the week before, in Season 2, Episode 15, we discussed racism in the housing market and a black couple's home that has been undervalued by $300,000 and took they took down all of the black photos in the home and then the value went up. So check out those podcasts season 2 episode 15 and 16 and please subscribe to this podcast if this is the first time that you're hearing it folks this week i'm going to explain why the commonly used term sub-saharan africa should not be used there are some really cutting-edge discoveries that are occurring in african archaeology however what i see is that the term sub-saharan africa is still being used and the whole goal of this in the modern era is to sever, to cut off Egypt and her ancient civilization from Africa. Apparently, Sub-Saharan Africa was first used in The Economist, and that's a publication 
1938, although I've never traced the origin outside of that. So it became popular to use this term Sub-Saharan Africa in the 1980s with the rise of the field of African studies, except that it wasn't really African studies scholars that were using it. So if it wasn't African studies scholars that were using it, who was? The popular media. And it became so pervasive that even when we addressed it in African studies, in the community, and said that it should not be used, it was still used by the media and by other disciplines throughout academia. There is a derogatory term that is used against black people that we should eliminate from our vocabulary. I don't use it, and you know what that term is. This term is unacceptable to use against black people. Well, sub-Saharan is another term that I find extremely insulting because it embodies institutional racism, yet it is broadly accepted in the academy. So if you are defining a people and their borders and their race based upon a desert that has expanded over time, this is problematic. So by saying sub-Saharan Africa, you are saying that the people who live above the Sahara or in the Sahara are something other than the people that live below it in sub-Saharan Africa. There are several problems with this. There are people who live in the Sahara Desert. There are hundreds of millions of people that live in countries that encompass the region that ever expands as the Sahara Desert. At the rate of 30 miles per year, the desert expands. And so some of the information on the exact location of the Sahara is ever changing. Now think about where you live and think about a place 90 miles away from you. I have one, New York City to Philadelphia. So if the Sahara was in Philadelphia, it would completely overtake New York City in three to four years. Does that mean that you should no longer be called a New Yorker because a desert grew over your land? Algeria and Western Sahara are fully in the Sahara. That's it. Then we have most of Libya and most of Egypt and most of Mauritania in the Sahara and most of Niger, more than half of Tunisia, a little more than half of Mali, half of Chad, half of Sudan or most of the Northern Republic of Sudan. Northern Eritrea is in the Sahara also. So when people say Sub-Saharan Africa, they are chopping up countries to try to create an artificial designation that extends to race. So when scholars say Sub-Saharan Africa, they're acting like there's some big dividing line between people below the Sahara and people who live above the Sahara with no one in the Sahara. To add to this, there are almost 4.6 million people living in Mauritania, Algeria 43.8 million people, more than 100 million people in Egypt, 600,000 people in Western Sahara, Libya has 6.8 million people, Niger 24.2 million people, the Northern Republic of Sudan 43.8 million people, that's 223.8 million people or 224 million people to round it off living in the Sahara Desert and I didn't even include most of the countries that I mentioned previously where half or less than half of the country is in the Sahara and so you're racially classifying them by this desert. Did you know on the 2020 U.S. Census told people from Egypt to mark themselves down as white people? Yes, it did. It told people from Egypt and other regions, we'll get into another day, to mark themselves as white. So the fact that the 2020 census turns Egyptians into white people is evidence that someone in a high place wants to whiten the people in these countries by calling the region below the Sahara Desert sub-Saharan and then north of the Sahara and in the Sahara something else. This term means absolutely nothing. And check this out. When the term Sub-Saharan was invented in 1934, 
northern Eritrea wasn't even in the Sahara. 1920 being the clear measurement year for this, although Africa was colonized at the time, with the exception of Ethiopia, in which Eritrea was part of, we technically have a country today that, had it been a country in 1920, wouldn't be part of sub-Saharan Africa, but today it is. This is the problem with this term, and this isn't the first time they tried expanding the white category. In fact, there's a book called How the Irish Became White, also a topic for another day. Now here's a fact to blow your mind. There's a mountain in the Sahara Desert where the temperatures get very cold. This is called Mount Emi Kuzi, formed from a volcano, which is 11,300 feet above sea level. Although lacking a weather station, estimates of the temperature are as low as 48 degrees Fahrenheit, enough to get hypothermia. So my question is to you, is this sub-Saharan Africa? Now people called the Tubo people don't live in the volcano, but they live in the same mountain range in Chad that includes Mount Emikuzi, called the Tibetsi Mountains. Are these Saharan people or are they sub-Saharan people? First, as Egypt was forming 8,000 years ago with proto-monarchies, there was no Sahara Desert. There were lush greens, and the Sahara Desert gradually expanded over the years. So this is a very poor measure of human geography, of race, of ethnicity, and is used to sever Egypt and her ancient civilization from Africa, along with things like the 2020 U.S. Census that forces Egyptians in America to check the white box when it comes to race. What has been done is that because there were others who came from outside of Egypt after the civilization was established and then later fell, the ancient black Egyptians have been erased from much of the historical record by using terms like Sub-Saharan Africa. So in America, we have the Mojave Desert, the Sonoran Desert, and the Great Basin Desert, which pretty much almost cut off all of California from the United States of America. They run in a line right up the California border, and they run into California and the states that border California. So can you imagine if we created a category called Subwestern Desert America, or West Mojave America, or West Desert America, and then we said all the things created in California, like the tech sector in Silicon Valley, all of this technology that came out of that region, that has transformed the world, it really doesn't belong to the history of the United States of America because geographically and socially, this is West Mojave America. And technically, a large portion of the people in that region come from another country to the south, so you wouldn't like it very much, so don't do it to us. Dr. Tilda Lamel, who reviewed my book, The Real Wakandas of Africa, and who was a colleague of Dr. John Henry Clark at Hunter College of the City University of New York, explains the following. Quote, examples such as inner city, western, the west, north, south, sub-Saharan Africa, and so on, all have racial undertones beyond the superficially obvious geographical designation. As a matter of fact, the almost universal use of the terms western, non-western, and the west not only have racial undertones, but posit Europe as the geographic center of the international system. Western Asia is still defined from a European perspective, and Northeastern Africa, as well as Arabic-speaking states of the Maghreb, are referred to as part of the Middle East. End quote. The Middle East is also a misnomer and an incorrect geographic designation. It is not the middle of any place at all, and I addressed this in a previous podcast. Once again, please subscribe to this podcast if you're new, and... If you're a regular listener, thank you so much. And please share the link to this podcast on social media. 
As always, we conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself, MC Brother Miles, Maurice Miles Martinez. If sub-Saharan was a term that was real, then it would be defined as a place with the people from an ethnic group, and the term might be solid as steel. But instead, it stands as bakery surreal, chopping African countries in half to sever the civilization of ancient Egypt, Kemet, from the entire ordeal, like the Africans who were brought on slave ships to a place called Brazil. Instead, what is revealed is a raw deal, but this term is similar to the grandfather clause that excluded people whose grandfathers were not able to vote. But if your grandfather was an enslaved African American who was woke, then this meant that both he and you, who were free now, could not vote. Sub-Saharan Africa is the N-word for a whole people on the continent. Can you imagine West Mojave America in part severing California from America's heart? See, and also claiming that California is separate because of its ethnicities that came from a place to the south of Xi. This is what Sub-Saharan Africa means to you and to me. So eliminate this from your journalistic, anthropological, and historical vocabulary. Africa is just Africa, the root of the tree. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thank you again for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. When you have a chance, please pick a copy of my books up from Amazon. The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain. The Great Wall of Africa, The Empire of Benin's 10,000-mile-long wall. And The Real Vibranium of Africa, also under the title, The Wakanda's Real Vibranium of Africa. And finally, Akhenaten's Dreams, my latest book. You can find them under my name, Maurice Miles Martinez on Amazon or under those titles. If you would like to become a sustaining member of this podcast, you can click on the link on whatever platform you use to listen to it on and it will take you to my anchor.fm podcast page where you can actually support it at anywhere between $1 and $9.99 per month. Should you need to contact me, 
You can reach me at Maurice Miles Martinez at gmail.com, all one word, Maurice, M-A-U-R-I-C-E, Miles, M-I-L-E-S, Martinez, M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z, at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe and share it with your friends.